is a word that I would use for myself right now. I feel very content. That doesn't mean there's not things to come that I'm excited for, but I just feel so content. What a good feeling to have. I feel like that's almost like a negative like word in some contexts. Mm. People are like, no, you shouldn't be content. You should always be striving for something else. Yeah, build an yeah, empire. Yeah, yeah. And I just think you can be content and you can still grow. Like it's not one or the other. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We have a fun episode in store for today. So this is Amy's birthday week, and we want to take the opportunity to really ask Amy questions. And we did take in listener questions, so from all of you, so you might be noticing some of these that pop up, and I also came in with a few. So Amy, let's honor you as a co-host, as a friend in all the titles that you... 34-year-old woman. (laughs) 34 years old. How does that feel? First question, how does that feel? Oh. I honestly have yet to struggle with aging because I just feel fortunate. Like I feel fortunate to be here. So I feel good. What does that come from? The fortunate? Is it from? Well, the whole oncology nurse Mm. thing and seeing people die at younger ages than I am. Like it, in my opinion, forever changes your outlook on the time you have. Not to get super deep, this was supposed to be like a fun <laughs> episode. I'm like, we're all gonna die. Um, it just forever changes your perspective on things, and you just feel very fortunate to be healthy and to be here. Amen to that. So, think about this last year, Amy. What was the theme that resonated all throughout the year? It's funny because I don't set intentions or themes. Um, I don't know. I'm like ambitious and I'm driven, but I don't set out like a word of the year or anything like that. That's just not my personality. Um, But I think that a few things, if I look back at the year, surfaced for me when I thought about this question. One is that boundaries can be so helpful and productive inside of relationships. I think they get the stigma that, I don't know, they're not useful or that you're putting them up and you're like just putting yourself in a box. But really, I've found when I've set boundaries, it helps the relationship. It helps both people in the relationship because you don't, there's not as much back and forth or like questions, like everything's just kind of out in the open. So to give more context and to give examples, this year I've been much better at work boundaries. So with Expecting and Empowered, we experienced some rapid growth over the years. My sister Crystal and I were doing so much of the work ourselves for way too long. We just felt like we didn't Mm -hmm. have the time to Mm -hmm. hire a team, which is hilarious because the team gives you back time. But this year we made some really great hires and a lot of things 
that were irritating to me got taken off of my plate, but also I set boundaries around my time and I had to communicate that to the team. Like I'm no longer available at night. Like those are, that's time for my family. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer available on the weekends. Obviously there's exceptions if I'm really needed, but I no longer wanted to be pulled in or communicating on hours outside of work. So that was huge for me. And it does just take a couple times of being like, this is an awkward conversation to have, but I'm going to say it. And then everyone feels better about it. Oh, and that's the misconception is it's so respected usually on the other end. They totally honor it. They understand it. I honestly tell them, because it did happen. My husband was like, can you not be on your phone? Like, so much at night, he asked me. And so I said that my husband asked me if I could no longer be on my phone at night. So what that means for the team is there's things that I need to attend to before the day ends. So that like everyone's workflow had to move up during the day, which could easily be accommodated. Um, But that was important to me when Drew asked that of me to honor that and honor my relationships at home. Um, And then when I communicated that, who couldn't understand that? Right, right. And the boundaries is something that I know so many women struggle with. We actually have an entire episode on this, episode 24, on the power of saying no. Yeah. And how much more meaningful all of your yeses probably are now, Amy. So I, I love that one. And the other thing I wanted to say is that boundaries inside of personal relationships makes things so much easier. So an example I've shared in the past is with my in-laws. I really had to decide what was important to me and what wasn't when it came to them caring for our boys, which they love to do. Um, But then once we had a framework that we could operate within, it was no longer like I was getting irritated or I had to point out everything. Mm, It was like mm -hmm, we just mm -hmm, had mm -hmm. we just have these like clear boundaries. Um, They know what I'm passionate about, you know, the bedtimes and the safety stuff like that. There's no passes on that, you know, but then all this other stuff like the cookies and whatever. It's like, I can let that slide off my back now. And it feels so freeing. Like that's why I want to tell women. I'm like, it's just easier when it's, because I think what happens a lot is a lot of things are unsaid because they don't want to stir the pot. But then there's just this, always this river between your relationship of resentment, of annoyance, of passive aggressiveness And for me, I'm like, I just want to put that all to bed so that I could show up, be myself, be happy, be excited to see you. And that's really what it's come to be. And it stays on your mind. Like when you have those thoughts, it keeps coming up in your mind like a reel over and over again. And that part takes time. It takes energy and it takes away from that relationship. Those are good ones. So listener, Drew Kiefer, literally, you guys, Drew Kiefer wrote in, (laughs) but I love this one. What was your most memorable birthday? He's been with you for the last decade, but what was your most memorable birthday? He's been a part of so many good ones. Drew and I really love birthdays. So I think Mm -hmm. that is something unique about us. Like we kind of go all out. Like we take the days off of work um, and just have a bunch of fun. Like it's just 
a fun thing that's always been a tradition for us. But when I saw this question, the most memorable one for me was, I think I turned 27. And Drew's probably going to be like, no, you were 26. (laughs) And we were in Chicago visiting our friend Paul. And we had this night, the three of us. It was really fun. But on the way down there, I was Googling, does a light pink line mean that you're pregnant? I had taken a pregnancy test. And then we went travel down there and I was like I just I had a feeling that I was pregnant but you know when you're pregnant the very first time and you literally cannot believe a stick (laughs) and it was very light pink so then we drive down there we have this night we went to dinner I didn't drink and we just Mm -hmm. told our friend we're like we think there's a possibility that Amy's pregnant so she's just not going to Um, And then I remember waking up the next morning and I was in the bathroom at like 4.30 a.m. taking another pregnancy test. So you brought a pregnancy test with you to to your 27th birthday party. Okay, okay. And uh, I'm like unwrapping this test. At the time, Paul lived in one of those like garden apartments. I was like in the cellar of a dude's apartment, like peeing on a stick, just so hopeful. And again, it was pretty light. The line was light, but that was my second one. <laughs> so the next day on my birthday, we go to the Packer Bears game at Soldier Field. And it was just this beautiful day. Um, the possibility of the future was just so exciting. And the Packers won. <laughs> <laughs> All around. Oh, and I don't know the answers to these questions, you guys. So I'm hearing these for the first time. And I love that story. I didn't yeah. know that story. That was your yeah. 27th birthday, Amy. Oh, that's so much fun. So Laura wrote in, if you had an entire day to yourself, what would you do? This is so easy for me. It's my ideal day. I would go on a hike in the morning all by myself is perfect I love just being out there um so it'd be like a long hike and then I would come back have a super I would go somewhere and pick it up like a super nutritious uh, just like fresh fish lunch that's just easy Mm -hmm. and then I would you know shower off whatever I would have a massage have a pedicure and then eat again later. Like it's just (laughs) that, that day Drew and I have done together so many times. I know it's, those are my absolute favorite things to do. And I do not mind being alone. I like how simple it is. Like it's so simple for you. Like these are the, these are things. And a lot of those you do on a normal day to day basis anyway. So you must be just having some, a lot of good days. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't do, massages and that's true pedicures very frequently but when I do I just know that I just feel so relaxed and rejuvenated so I like to add the the activity plus the relaxation is our key to like vacations um this is a kind of funny side off story but whenever Amy's about to get a pedicure or like a mani you'll always like say it several times during the day like oh I'm going I'm going today to get a mani um so this afternoon I'm going to get a pedicure so I'm like Amy I, I get it so I can tell that you do get really excited for those little simple joys in life let's go a little bit more serious so what is something difficult that you've done that you're really really proud of so the first thing that honestly comes to mind is starting 
my first business expecting and empowered because behind the scenes, it was so much work. I can't even, and Crystal and I laugh about it because when we had the idea and we started, we're like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be great. This is going to be, we didn't think easy, but we didn't have any idea it to get that off the ground was a year process full of roadblocks. And I think you hear this from a lot of entrepreneurs, but there's just a bunch of things you don't think about when you have the idea and it's so exciting and you have the passion, like we had the passion for this, but then you're meeting with lawyers and you're, um, you know, you're off the timeline with your designer. And there was so many things that we ran into And I just remember I had such grit. I had, like, Drew would be like, I have never in my life seen you stay up late because everyone knows my bedtime (laughs) is, like, my secret (laughs) thing. But I was pregnant with Trey, and I would stay up. And, like, I I had to get that done. And I just knew that needed to be in the world. So to go through so much hard work, so many roadblocks, and get it out was like the most exciting thing in the entire world. I think that personally for me, but for many of our listeners too, you don't realize all the little things that you have to do that aren't fun when starting a business. Like you bring up lawyers, like having those E&O policies, having the lawyers write up all the contracts, making sure that if this, then that, like those are the pieces that you don't see as a consumer. Um, right. And it's so interesting hearing you talk about that part of it. Well, yeah, you're just so excited. We were so excited about the idea. We were so passionate about helping women. You know, all of that, that's the easy part. You know, the hard part is the multiple edits, like everything that just went into it. Um, so to have that be out into the world, it just felt so good. Let's take a minute to talk through our sponsor for this podcast. We have partnered with BetterHelp, so you know that we've partnered with BetterHelp, but you also know that we truly believe that you should not be seeking therapy only when the wheels fall off. So this is a fun episode. We're bringing to light some of the things with Amy and all that she's done this last year, but know that therapy can happen at any time. It doesn't have to be when you're facing the biggest struggles, when your relationship is falling off the tracks, when you're feeling the low of lows. So we want to encourage you to seek the help that you need even before you really, really, truly need it. But with BetterHelp, they have opened up even more therapist spots, more availability um, all throughout the United States. They're hiring more people every single day. And you can join over a million people, including the podcast co-hosts that are talking today um, on this journey. So if you want to get 10% off your first month, we do have a code for you. That's www.betterhelp.com backslash herself. Again, for 10% off, betterhelp.com backslash herself. All right, back to the questions. Amy, in the last year, what have you learned about finances? I know that your journey has been long with finances, but what about in the last year? Well, I really got into being debt-free, and I think that comes from, I know, it got really popular, like, everyone was kind of talking about it and praising it. And that was a really exciting Dave Ramsey type of situation. And then I learned more about 
investing and managing and growing wealth and future planning. And I had to, Drew and I were kind of at opposite ends. Like I was very, very conservative and he was like, this is our time where we should invest and Mm -hmm. we're still young. And so it was a balance. Like this year, I really learned that finances are a balance, not only between you and your partner, if you have one, but a balance between being conservative and looking for smart growth. And so I became more open to it, more interested in it, and learned more about it. Yeah, and that, there's an internal pull too, because there's always a part of you that's like, oh, but it'd be so nice if, but then knowing that long-term growth, it does start, as the earlier the better with all of this. And Budget Nista went into, I loved her example of how like her four-year-old nephew was debt free, yeah, but he's yeah. also broke. Yeah. Our kids are <laughs> debt free, but they're broke. <laughs> okay, so we always get this question, Amy. Always questions about transitions with adding more kids. So, what's the hardest thing for you about each of these new seasons? After the first, I was totally not myself for a while. I was very anxious, and that's just not ever been a part of my personality. So it was a rough plunge into motherhood, multifactorial, mainly being a new mom, idealizing what I thought it was going to be like, and then having a really hard time with a fussy baby and really hard breastfeeding. The second um, Trey came into the world, he was so, he was the sweetest baby, but Drew and I were just not prepared. I don't think we had set our pillars up for success. So our communication, our conflict resolution, you know, I was being like passive aggressive about things that I could have just said, it really bothers me when you do this. Um, so I remember Trey was a couple months old and we just had to have like this come to Jesus moment where we just said, okay, what we're doing isn't working when it comes to your and I, your and my communication. So what do we need to change? And things got so much better from that point because we both felt supported Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. heard and we felt more ready to tackle those two little boys The third, I would say the hardest thing is that you are so demanded. You know, everyone knows my kids are close in age, so everyone still needed their butt wiped. Everyone still needs, you know, help with getting up in the morning, bedtime. Like, it's so physically demanding. It's so mentally demanding. Um, It's so emotionally demanding. So I would say the demand, especially on the mother goes like through the roof (laughs) with three (laughs) children and and I also love it like it Cole we've said this here before that was our easiest transition because we had taken the time to get our ducks in a row after the second one came and we felt all out of sorts so we had better habits we had better communication patterns we had better conflict resolution that was the easiest part of it our partnership was strong just the personal demand on my time is endless still (laughs) and I like what you've said before just when you and I are talking about how so the transition from one to two the transition from two to three like having Cole he was a decently easy baby oh yeah but now it's like another 
transition. Like oh. you're not adding more kids, but he's in a different chapter. Right, right. So I was telling Abby off air about how when a baby, for many of them, I think it's around 11 months to around 20 months, is this incredibly hard season in which they are so dangerous to themselves. Cole is walking now. You could one minute, he could be somewhere completely safe. And literally in one minute, he could be across the room doing something dangerous. Regardless, if you've, if you've baby proofed, like that doesn't matter. He crawls up onto window seals <laughs> and does all this crazy stuff. And so right now we felt our demand because we had a pretty good baby year. Like Cole was really pretty content and happy. Um, and then we've come into this season where he's so active. He's like mixing it up with his brothers, literally trying to like pull their ears and push their heads and like wrestle with them. And we're like, cool, what happened? Like he was just this, this um, innocent, cute, easy baby. And now he's almost a full blown toddler. And I think that this stage of parenting is really hard because they don't really understand if they're doing something wrong. Um, or like if he's slapping Trey in the face, like it's honestly not, he's not trying to be naughty or mean. That's just what they do. But the, obviously the toddler's not going <laughs> to take that well. So we have felt so demanded right now. There's just so many different seasons with all of these pieces too. So I think it's always interesting. Whenever we set out for questions, people always ask transitions from, from zero to one, one to two, two to three. And then we all, as mothers, have to realize that there's still going to be transitions. Well, all of that. And I think everyone's looking for like a hack or an oh, insight. Yeah. I'm looking for a hack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys, there's no hack. Like, it's literally <laughs> so specific to you as the parent, because who knows what you're going through postpartum wise? Mm -hmm. Who knows what your, um, if you're married or your partnership, who knows what that's going through? That's layers on top of layers. So I feel very thankful. And part of the point of our podcast is to try to help people get on solid footing as individuals and in their relationships so that when they're taking on these other things, they feel better. Like they feel supported themselves. So they, you're just more resilient. Like I feel very resilient with my kids because I'm well cared for and I'm well loved by my partner. Such an important reminder. Such an important reminder. I'm really excited for this answer, Amy. What is your definition of success? Oh, this one for me, and Abby knows me pretty well. <laughs> I would say I am living it. Like I want to work six hours a day on things that I feel passionate about and that I feel like can make an impact for other people paying that any knowledge that I gain or the expert that I have access to like paying it forward what I wish I would have had is like feels very purposeful for me but then I want to go home and work out and have my family life um and and put all of this to the side like I'm still working on that part I need to get a little bit further there but to have this balance and the thing that I feel really is a word that I would use for myself right now I feel very content that doesn't mean there's not things to come that I'm excited for but I just feel so content 
what a good feeling to have. I feel like that's almost like a negative like word in some contexts. Mm. People are like, no, you shouldn't be content. You should always be striving for something else. Yeah, build an yeah, empire. Yeah, yeah. And I just think you can be content and you can still grow. And it's not one or the other. It's not one or the other. That's exactly yeah. it. And I think that some so many people, I fall into this as well, where you're trying to go for the next goal that you're not appreciating what you have right now and all the work that you've built to get to exactly where you are today. Yeah, that's why it's an interesting relationship. Because I'm like, wait, Abby, did you see what we did here? Like, this is great. Awesome. Cool. Next step. <laughs> oh, we feed off each other well that way. Laura asked, what are some of your guilty pleasures? You know, I love Bravo TV. Abby probably doesn't. Are you very content watching your Bravo TV? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love like everything from Housewives, Any City to Vanderpump Rules to uh, Million Dollar Listing. LA is my favorite. I love HGTV. I can get on a bender there. Um, so I love watching TV that's just, you know, chill, <laughs> like mindless, funny. Uh, that's what I love. That's like my ultimate checkout. Like if I've had a really overwhelming today day, I'm like, I just need some Bravo TV and no one to talk to me is my ideal. Um you know, when I think about like food, I'm like, oh yeah, like I would totally love to just sit down with my girlfriends, have some wine, have some chips and guacamole and just not talk about, just talk about like funny stuff, Mm. you know, like nothing too deep. Let's just check out. Talk about Bravo TV. (laughs) So you're not in the room with us right now, but you can probably hear it in her voice that Amy gets just as inspired and lit up about talking about (laughs) impacting women and the world and bringing boundaries into her life as she does about Bravo TV. (laughs) And that's what I think. I think people are always so serious. And I'm like, no, you can care about changing the world. And then you can also think that the Atlanta housewives are hilarious. Like it doesn't have to be everyone's so black and white. I'm like a big gray person. What's a message, Amy, that you want every woman to know about motherhood? I think that it's a very individual journey and that when you're doing it, sometimes you're so caught up in like thinking that you're the only one that feels this way or you're like comparing your child to everyone else's child like there's all these motherhood traps that I've fallen into I know a lot of women listening have fallen into and I'm four years in I have a lot to learn but what I know is that I had to figure out like what version was my version and live it and set my values and stop looking around so much and thinking like that I was missing something or I needed to add something. Like I had to figure out who Amy was as a mom. And now I know that like, I love being a working mom, just period. I love being a mom that is home on Friday with the boys. And like, I love the mom I am on the weekends. You know what I mean? Like it was just, I had to find my balance 
what feels good for me. I don't take offense to women that say um, like negative things to me or about my motherhood anymore because I'm just, I'm like, I'm not defensive about it. I love it. My kids are happy. My husband's happy. Mm-hmm. What's what's the problem? Can you even imagine thinking back to that 27th birthday, Amy, when you saw that light pink line <laughs> and thought about this motherhood journey? Like it, it it has been just over four years, about five years now since since that that no, day. I had no, then. I had no idea what was coming, and I think in the beginning too. When I first had Max, like I had no idea how good it was going to be because it was so hard. <laughs> So I think there's people in that season too where they're like, oh my gosh. Um, But I think it's like finding your confidence. And so many of us want to pass that time up. Like we just want the hack from someone else. But I'm like, I swear you have to live it yourself to find find your own path. That's well said. Okay, one last question, Ames. And Lisa said... And she's totally right here. You do a lot. So between E and E, podcast, you're a mom, you're a wife. Do you feel like anything gets put on the back burner? I think certainly, certainly that happens. But I have worked to a place where I really feel like I have my big boulders in line with my values. So, you know, being a wife, being a mom, I don't want to drop those. Like that's where my values lie. And so I will miss an Instagram post on herself on our feed. And I'll be like, Abby, ooh, that was my bad. I totally forgot. I didn't even think of it, you know, and that I do. I could work on that a little bit. So if things get dropped, I really feel like they're small things here Mm -hmm. or there. My mind is a very crowded place. It always has been, to be honest. Like I just have a lot (laughs) of thoughts. I have a lot going on up there. Um, But I would say as long as the big, heavy, precious balls are not getting dropped to me when the small things are happening. I'm like, I mean, what can I do? There's so many things. Like, it's just, it's going to happen sometimes. I'm very, Drew tells me I'm overly forgiving of myself. <laughs> I I like that way of putting it. Okay. Um, but it also leads to a very content and a very happy yeah. life when you can forgive yourself. I think that for many of our listeners, we don't forgive ourselves enough. And that can lead to the other side of the issues. Amy, this was fun. Yeah, that and was really fun. And from me, from all of our listeners, happy 34th birthday. Thank you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're not quite done yet. We actually have a surprise coming up from a few of the people who are closest to you, Amy, that wanted to give you a special birthday message themselves. Happy birthday, Amy. It's Allie wishing you an awesome day from Portland. I can't wait to catch up soon. I'm so grateful that we became nurses together, and I hope we have many, many more years of awesome friendship ahead of us. Love you. Happy birthday. Amy, happy birthday. Um, You know there's only one way to do birthdays. You're either living or you're decaying. And uh, I'm here to report that at 34 years old, I think you are certainly living. Um, Good luck this year. You've got so many great things ahead. Lots of work excitement, new house developments, 
three amazing kids, of course, Drew, an awesome husband. Um, so keep having fun, keep trucking along, and as you know, always stay positive because that's the only way to live. Um, so with that, keep living, don't decay. Happy, happy birthday. Come visit anytime. Hope to see you soon. Love you, miss you. Bye. Happy birthday, Bish. I am so grateful you came into this world because every day you make a difference, you make an impact, and every day you make my life better and everyone else who sits on the other end of your screen. You're truly one of a kind, and I know this year is going to be absolutely amazing just because you're going to make it that way. Enjoy celebrating. I'll be raising my glass to you tonight, and I love you so much. Happy birthday, Amy, from the Kiefer's. We love you so much. That was Autumn singing to you. You are the best mama, the best auntie, and the best friend we could ask for. Thanks for being there for us for everything, and we love you. Hey Ames, it's the trifecta calling in to say happy birthday. Um, we've been trying to brainstorm some of our favorite birthday memories, but in all honesty, most of our college birthday memories are all a little bit too blurry. <laughs> we can guarantee that they were fun. And obviously our idea of fun has changed over the years as we've aged and gotten much wiser. Um, and we're just so proud of you and the woman you become and the mission that you have and you stand for. Um, and we love you and we miss you so much. We hope you have an amazing birthday. Happy birthday. We miss you. Happy birthday. Bye. Happy birthday. Love ya. Hi, Amy. It's Naya. And I just wanted to wish you the very happiest of birthdays. As Billy would say, welcome to Charles Barkley. Just wanted to wish you the happiest of birthdays. You have grown into such an incredible person since I first met you about 10 years ago or so. And from the beginning of Balanced Aims to those first few blogs and you have grown your businesses and become just a badass woman. So proud of you. And I'm just really glad to have you in my life as a friend. Happy birthday, Amy. Happy birthday, Polka. I love you more than I can express. You're an inspiration to me every single day. And I love doing life with you, even on the hard days. Thanks for always being alongside me and there for me. I'm so proud of all that you've accomplished and the passion that you bring to life. Now I can't wait to grill you the most badass steak to celebrate. Happy birthday, babe.